Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast powered by Cinnamon. I'm Jon Graff and as always, I'm joined by Lachlan Teeley. On episode 148, it's an interesting episode because nothing noteworthy came out here in Australia that also lines up with the release date everywhere else. So Ewan got to go see some cool stuff. I have not. So on this week's discussion time, I'm going to have a rant. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. By the way, we are on uh, 149 before someone corrects us in the comments. But we, we are oh, we're on 149? Oh, dude. Are, oh. No, you don't need to Let me restart it, the whole no, no, thing. No, 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 Let no, no, me no, restart no. the whole thing. We are so close to, to 150, though. It's, uh, it's not a big one coming up. I'm embarrassed. I'm literally embarrassed. I watched some stuff. I watched that uh, Steven uh, Soderbergh uh, limited series called Full Circle. I also caught the Last Voyage of the Meter also known as Dracula, uh, Dracula on a Boat. And uh, I, I did dive into some anime and watch the first season of Vinland Saga. So I got, I got some thoughts on that. Fast 10, bitch. Fast X. I'm sorry, Lachlan. Fast can, can X. Can you repeat it? Fast X. Sorry. You can, you can man, get the Man, I'm going to repeat number. all my lines today, man. I'm terrible <laughs> with numbers today, aren't I? Exactly. Fast X. Fast bitch. X. There you go. Like Saw X, which is also another movie that we're looking forward uh, to. I at messed least up me. all my lines in this intro. This is embarrassing. So let's just cue it up and get into the show. We are professionals. Wait, this, is, this is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hello there. <laughs> which actually, did you this get is me a hat a bit, as well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. All right, welcome back, Lachlan. We are doing a bit of a retrospective thing here, uh, kind of towards the end of the summer now. Maybe we can talk about uh, some of our summer movie highlights of what we've seen, although it's pretty, like, obviously probably going to be like Oppenheimer or Barbie. We can still talk about it. Uh, but towards the, the beginning of the, the summer, we were uh, still in Gun. It's, it's crazy that it's been like a couple of months since then mm. uh, already. And that was kind of, right around the time when Fast X uh, came out. So we were busy watching like 30, 40 films in Gun. So we never uh, got to cover this prestigious film um, on the podcast. So we are kind of catching up on that later on on today's show now that it's on streaming. Um, but th th it's just been a bit of a slow summer, a summer obviously because of the, the strikes, but even just because Barbie and Oppenheimer are taking up so much space at the box office that uh, in cinemas that there's uh, really a lot of like space that has been left and nothing that actually is like taking up space uh, for us to talk about. Um, but but that's pretty much it. Like we got uh, a trailer for uh, Maestro, the um, Bradley Cooper directed and lead starring in movie it got a bit of a controversy uh because of the, the makeup thing that he had with the big nose and family of the maestro who's who's depicted in it came forward and said like ah we're all good with it i don't know why you guys are outraged this is actually fine he's been really great uh and some people are really i don't know did you have a chance to to catch the trailer for maestro i'm like watching it right now and that's a big snooze not gonna lie you want yeah that's a, a big snooze it is a big snooze um but to me, like this movie could be okay-ish, but it could also be this year's Blonde, where it like tries so hard to do something and doesn't really stick the landing in what it's going for. It, it does seem more conventional and less like out there uh, compared to to Blonde just from the traders alone. But maybe it's just like the black and white aesthetic that's getting me there. But it, it feels like very much actor director movie where there's a bunch of showcases for for acting. Um, and you can kind of yeah. see that come through in the best ways if it adds to the character and the story that's great but sometimes it's kind of meanders and loses itself uh, i'm still really keen for this film um and and i will be catching it in about like two weeks time um in venice so uh yeah we'll have some thoughts on it on the channel it, soon it's going to be the talking movie that's what it's going to be yeah, yeah. It does seem like there's going to be a lot of talking. I don't know if there's any other talking movies. Uh, all the rest are like silent films in Venice. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's one called Agro Drift um, that just looks incredibly crazy. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, yeah, lots of great stuff from Venice. But that's uh, that's coming up in, in uh, two or three weeks' time. Yeah, uh, Lachlan, there's, there's no real news. Uh, again, uh, the strikes are still going on. Uh, it seems like uh, the WGA and the studios uh, are meeting um, more frequently. Still nothing with uh, the actors, though. 
Uh, so hopefully some kind of deal uh, gets it gets resolved in some kind of way, and then hopefully the the actors uh, follow suit, um, and it will work out that way. But uh, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, so the the news is kind of slow at the moment. Uh, so that's why we'll be discussing a couple of things in discussion time. Lachlan, do you want to kick it off with with your uh, rant that you want to go on? Oh, I don't know if it's a rant or if it's just... <sighs> why do we get movies so late here in Australia? You know, at least a whole month or two late. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. Really annoying. It, it that's is. That's my rant. There you go. <laughs> it's a really short rant. Um, yeah, it was like the discussion type question would be why? Why is that the case? And I don't really know why they decided to to move stuff like uh, what's the most notable one that they did recently. We wanted to do Blue Beetle this week, but then turned out well, it's not releasing until September. Um, same with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We wanted to cover that, and it also got pushed. I think you guys don't even have past past lives yet, which we'll be talking about next week because it comes out on VOD, so we get to cover it, but. Otherwise, that like it's really stacked in September and October f for you guys. Uh, but the summer is just like, oh, I guess the winter for you is just like really slow. And there's, there's not a lot of big movies that are coming out. Yeah, uh, there's a number of, I guess, reasons why movies get delayed. Uh, I, I guess the summer, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But does American Americans get holidays over the summer? Like a summer break or some shit like that? I, I think they have the crazy long, like if you're in school, you get like the crazy long holi holiday, like three month long period or something like that. Which but would they make don't sense really have breaks, right? why, and I, and I guess this is why movies release over the summer, because that's when you yeah. get most butts into cinemas. Uh, Australian holidays are a little bit different. We don't have like a really long one except over Christmas, so end of year. And there's kind of like two week gaps for schools uh, throughout the year uh, in yeah. between the four terms. But uh, I guess maybe that's one reason is our, our, our holidays are a little bit different to the American holidays. Uh, but you can still get films, mm. you know, to come out at the same time for everybody else. And it's probably going to get the same butts into seats. But uh, yeah. something like Asteroid City has only just come out. And yeah. You know, you could maybe not blame them for releasing like a month or so ago when Barbie and Oppenheimer came out because there was less likely of a chance that anyone would have gone and seen that. They would have gone and seen Barbie and Oppenheimer. But exactly what you said, Barbie and Oppenheimer have been dominating the box office and there has been really no, there has really been a big film that's come out since. And I think that's yeah. just because it's still dominating the box office. So Maybe they knew ahead of time Asteroid City wouldn't have been a big hit at the big cinemas here uh, over Barbie, but uh, I would say Barbie over Oppenheimer would have been the bigger attraction to moviegoers uh, at least. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit annoying how, for example, Blue Beetle isn't coming out until uh, like early next month. Which I do get. I, I think it was initially going because I, I usually plan ahead and check with uh, the Swiss release dates and the Aussie release dates to see what we get to cover. And I think Blue Beetle was on that release schedule for this week. And it's probably just because Warner Brothers is Barbie and Blue Beetle and they wanted to have a bit more space for that film. Um, and I, and they also just announced, I think, that um, the premium VOD window for Barbie is, is starting in like a couple of weeks where it's going to be available on digital. Um, so it's interesting to see them like not really uh, banking on the, the cinemas until it like completely frizzles out, but they want to continue the momentum and, and generate some uh, some money outside of the box office as well, or maybe even make space for a film like Blue Beetle. Uh, and then like later on, I guess what's the next big one would be June if they don't push it, push it back. Uh, it's just a bit frustrating that like uh, the, the, there's a bunch of differences there because like for a long time, um, I there wasn't really like uh, a lot of like later releases in Australia. Um, I, I didn't really have to work around that, and this summer has just been pretty bad with that. And like I'm used to it here in Switzerland. Sometimes, um, especially like the, the limited releases, uh, in the states, we do have to wait for the VOD window for the both of us, just because it's just like it's not in our markets that they're playing in, and and sometimes they don't even release at all here in Switzerland. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, <laughs> tried to get our hands on stuff, and I guess we are lucky because we get to talk about Win Diesel this week uh, in Fast X, which uh, yeah. bridges me over to uh, the second question I have in this week's discussion time. And that is, uh, do you think at this point in Hollywood is the IP more important than a star actor uh, like The Rock or Vin Diesel for a franchise like Fast X and maybe even opening up the question to to other franchises? I think the statement that, I can't remember who it was, I think it might have been Tarantino, he said that Marvel films killed the movie star. Uh, I think he did, yeah. I think it's, I think it was it's, him. it's fairly accurate. I don't think we have big movie stars these days. I don't think I can think of a a modern movie star like you might have had, like a young Johnny Depp as an example, or like a yeah. you know uh, who else could I think of that might have been a massive movie star like a Sylvester Stallone or like yeah. A, I think a George Clooney still like re- at least here in Switzerland like Ticket to Paradise. Him with who was it? Wasn't was it Sandra Bullock or was it? The, the other one <laughs> the two like 45 50 55 year old uh white woman that people go crazy for oh yeah julia roberts that's the other one <laughs> um and i think they uh, like still have a huge pull maybe on older audiences as well um to go see like those rom-com type ish movies because there you don't have like I, th- I think that's also why rom-coms are, are, are like dying so much and why comedies are dying because you don't really go in to see an IP. You go to see like the actors do something well, have chemistry with each other, fall in love and that, that sort of stuff or uh, have a bit of a goofball, uh, goofs uh, in a comedy. And those uh, type of, of films are getting ma- uh, made less and they, they are grossing way less. They do well on the streaming services, but not really based on any, um, I guess, stardom. Um, and like, it, it's weird because like, again, Netflix doesn't give out um, its, its uh, release uh, things of like its watch time uh, data, but didn't they like claim that Red Notice was one of the, like their biggest thing ever, I think, um, with Has to Rock, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot and... Um, Ryan Reynolds in it, uh, which would be like three uh, people who who pull um, like that on that movie stardom. But yeah, overall, I think IP is is currently reigning. Um, but I don't know if it's succeeding anymore. I think it was for a while, and it was just like the Marvel uh, MCU dynasty. Uh, I don't know if that's coming to a close, and what's what's next if uh, this is gonna continue? Because what I see kind of maybe this is just like our bubble but i think i can see a bit more of a focus on directors over uh actors and i think that's kind of an interesting shift which i, I like was definitely the case like uh in in this in the 70s and 80s right uh but also you had the movie stars there as well i like your thought about directors i think that's going to be an interesting place that we go where yeah. we start saying, hey, look, here's, as a great example, Bradley Cooper directing and starring, and here's X. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, I, I feel like actors going into directing roles will be quite an interesting genre in mm-hmm. loose quotations of how we can define a film is that they're actor-turned-directed debut films and then continuous and continuing on from that uh those films mm. will be quite interesting to draw people in depending on who the star is but again i f- i don't feel like there are movie stars that carry the same weight like they used to yeah we had this conversation are video games going to be adapted more and become the next big thing in in hollywood and i think that's going to be it so i think the side really leans more to ip and seeing new mm areas of existing ip because we only get the same story over and over again right we have jurassic park we've had the main storyline now we've had jurassic world right we've had star Mm. wars we've had the prequels we've had the sequels but they're all the skywalker franchise we've had rogue one but that links in we've had we're having a soaker that comes out later next week that kind of that links into the same storyline but we're only going to start getting into new star wars territory in the next like four to five years when those yeah. films that are, you know, old Republic and, you know, spin-offs of like, I think 
uh, Taika Waititi's Star Wars film, if it's still being made, was meant to be like brand new characters and everything. So, and and that was yeah. going to be the same with uh, Zack Snyder's Star Wars pitch with Rebel Moon. I don't think we've spoken about Rebel Moon a whole lot, but no, I'm no, no. really fucking excited for that film. Funnily enough, um, mm. yeah. more than I think I should be because it's Snyder and he hasn't done anything crazy good because he's been ripped apart by Warner Brothers for the past four, five, six, seven years. But yeah. I'm excited to see spin-off IPs. I'm excited to see yeah. where new stories in set universes can go because I love Star Wars. And I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. just finishing Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor. And I like that because it's places and stories that I haven't seen before. It's a character that I haven't seen before on screen. I've only seen it in you know, a video game. So uh, I'm yeah. excited to see where they take existing IPs and take those worlds and spin it off from there. I mean, it's also what James Gunn said is is kind of the uh, mission statement for the upcoming DC slate that uh, the comics, the games, the series, and the show at, and the movies are in some form tied to each other, uh, which is interesting. I think like what makes DC unique is uh, that they've had like a steady stream of these like animated films that are not really connected they've had some pretty good like shows um that recently have come up for the last couple of years the harley quinn show that's currently airing a new season um is like pretty good they've had a new run of my adventures with superman that's like i've been keeping up with that and they are going like multiverse uh suicide squad like they have a bunch of stuff within like the first eight episodes and it just throws you in there and it doesn't really hold back with like establishing stuff and I think it's like a really different approach to any of the the other uh, competitors that have just been kind of meandering, slowly building to nothing. Um, and here they just give you it. They just like throw it in your face. Sometimes it's too much, but at least you get something. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that has been based on EP has just been kind of uh, safe and not really a lot of substance was actually there. It was relying solely on the, the, I guess, pre-existing iconic nature of, of the, the, uh, the things that have, that have come before. And um, I mean, you mentioned Rebel Moon. I think uh, the creator could also be another like sci-fi thing uh, that looks unique. Um, and even though it is based on uh, the books and you do have a reference, I think Dune is another like really exciting IP just because you do have someone behind it that you can intr- like trust with his vision as well uh, with Denis Villeneuve. Um, I think that that's pretty much it for discussion time, Lachlan, unless you want to uh, add on something to that. No? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So uh, let's talk about what we've been watching this week. All right, Lachlan, what have you been up to? Not a lot. As I said just previously, Jedi Survivor, finishing that because... Yeah. I've been meaning to play it and I finally got around to it and that is fun. But I watched the Equalizer 1 and 2. What for? That is a conversation that will happen elsewhere. Don't know where. Don't know when, but elsewhere. Yeah, Uh, you will hear about it in a couple of weeks, I think. Uh, But just like the Equalizer 3 is coming up. So there's your hint. That's Um, why I'm watching it. But that's it. (laughs) Exactly. I also (laughs) watched it, weirdly enough, this week for this day. I don't know. Yeah. I think not. think not. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Unfolds his tea bottle. <laughs> Sets the timer. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, yeah. Uh, Disney sent me the first two episodes of Ahsoka. And um, I was a bit bummed that I couldn't share it with you. Because otherwise we would have done maybe even a main thing instead of fast sex on Ahsoka. Because there's already a ton to talk about here. Uh, I watched these first two episodes. And... Someone else who works in the uh, like uh, film space here in Switzerland who also saw it was like, hey, did you see that? Did you see the, the Ahsoka uh, thing? And I said, yeah. And he was like, am I crazy or is it actually like really good? And I was like, yes, no, you're not alone. <laughs> you're actually not crazy. This is really good. And I'm kind of keen to see uh, where it continues to go on. Um, I was a bit lost because there's a couple of characters that uh, come over from the Clone Wars and well, pretty much all of them, I guess from Clone Wars and Rebels, and I haven't seen either of those shows. It made me want to binge the entirety of these two shows just to get an understanding. 
um, of the characters. And um, I think this is a promising in the first two episodes. It could lose itself uh, pretty quickly. Um, but I really like the fighting. There's a couple of um, fights early on in both episodes. And they're, they're really sick. They look great. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what, what like the, the general audiences will think once they check it out. And especially what you think, having seen uh, all of the Clone Wars. And I don't know if you've seen Rebels as well. Are I've you... seen all of Rebels, but I'm, I'm, slow, I'm slowly making my way through Star Wars animated content. But for me, if like Venice wouldn't be coming up, I think I would be trying to binge uh, the entirety of that series but i recently checked i think to watch all of clone wars it's like two days and like seven hours or something like that and it's like well i don't know a if lot. i can make the time for that that's a lot um but yeah at some point i i will and if this doesn't end up being a one-off uh limited season thing and maybe continue which i think is the plan for ahsoka uh then i might have some time later on but uh yeah can recommend go check it out it's uh, the best star wars stuff since andor but i mean andor uh has kind of raised the bar quite a bit when it comes to star wars stuff in recent years um then i got the the limited uh series from steven soderbergh uh called full circle i think it's a pretty solid crime uh drama i've heard a bunch of people really talk it up and praise it and for me it, it didn't really deliver on that level because it, it follows a bunch of different people that are kind of all affected by one like a crime boss uh and it has some weird imagery in like uh new york in a park where they draw a circle and that's like it's literally like relating to a full circle and i just thought like the whole thing was gonna come full circle and it's a bunch of reveals but no it's a literal full circle uh so so it was a bit odd at times but uh i was i was enticed if you like steven soderbergh and his takes uh take on on for this then i think you'll probably have a good time uh, then uh, Dracula was on a boat in the last voyage of the meter. I, I think it's it's fine. It's interesting to have like this kind of monster flick all set on a boat and not really like, you know, the whole thing on that. It's a very limited space where you can tell your story. And it's basically just like Dracula needs to feed on this voyage uh, and kind of, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty gruesome. I was surprised how gory it gets at times and how much blood it shows and, and stuff like that but uh it left me a bit cold when it comes to just like the story and the characters it was just kind of okay-ish uh but if you like horror then maybe give it a try otherwise uh definitely wait until this is on vod i think it's not really worth the trip to the theater and then finally uh it's on netflix so that's really easy to binge uh i Lachlan, I, I know you watched some anime when you were younger, right? Uh, I don't know how how often you you get to watch like I'm new picky. stuff. To, you're I'm picky. picky, which is I think the right thing to be with anime because there's so much slop and, and and shit out there where it's just like there's a couple of horny characters, there's a bunch of like really generic dialogue that they do back and forth, and a lot of like freeze frames, and then uh, they narrate over the whole whole thing and. <laughs> Like, I don't know, I, I'm not, not the biggest fan of that, but th there's some solid uh, animes that I've seen. I haven't seen a ton. Um, but I think season one of Vinland Saga might be my new favorite anime. Uh, it's that good. Um, it's sick. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch any of the series. Have, have you seen any of the episodes of it? I haven't, but I have been recommended it in the past. Yeah. Twice, I think, actually, I've been recommended it fairly recently. Yeah. Not including yours and uh, yeah. another mic. Well, Fries now, because I recommend it to you as well. I Fries. started sec uh, the season uh, two as well, which has wrapped now. Um, and I will be probably binging that uh, until uh, next week. Uh, but yeah, it's just like it, it packs a, a an interesting punch for a series that is uh, so much about like about death and about warriors and about honor and it kind of breaks that down as to uh <laughs> why are they doing that in a way and it gets really existential it gets really sad i think the second season hits even harder with, with that sort of stuff and it's just like it, it looks beautiful it, it is incredibly brutal but you don't want it to be but then also it, it's like you're always on the on the verge of like oh yeah this is a sick fight scene but also stop fighting guys <laughs> and uh it, it plays like that action with a phenomenal story 
Uh, so yeah, which I haven't seen anything that's more consistent uh, than than Vinland Saga yet in anime. Uh, so so yeah, it's up there uh, for me as one of the best. But that's all I've been watching. Lachlan, uh, we can talk about the fast cars in Fast X. Uh, right. Uh, we are really excited to talk about this film. Um, it's such a pity that we missed it because uh, there's so much to break down. It is the 10th film in... Is it? The, no, it's not the 10th film in this the saga uh, because there's the 10th film would be like the crossover with The Rock and uh, Jason Statham. I, I blank Statham, on... Statham, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, exactly. That's what it was called. I don't, do you know, is there, are there any other crossovers or like spinoffs planned apart from that? I guess, uh, well, the, the like maybe standalone Hobbs film uh, they, that they're going to do. Do you think there's more coming? Yes, there's more. Yeah. There's more. They're never going to stop. This is an Fair. unstoppable franchise. It yeah, needs to stop, I, but it won't. It, it probably won't. Uh, it comes from uh, Louis Littier, who's uh, known for his take on the Hulk. The other one is Ang Lee. That's the one with the crazy boxes. This is the Edward Norton one that's, uh, I guess, just like a bit more boring. Um, but he's also the director of Now You See Me, uh, the really uh, over-the-top and unbelievable uh, magicians that do crazy shit with magic. Uh, and yeah, this is the, the billion-dollar juggernaut franchise uh, with its 11th film in there and it's uh yeah luckily you want to read the, the logline for the film because it's uh, yeah, certainly of course, I can a great totally one. do that yeah over many missions against impossible odds dom mm. toretto and his family have outsmarted outnerved and outdriven every foe in their path now they confront the most lethal opponents they've ever faced a terrifying threat Emerging from the shadows of the past, who's fueled by blood revenge, and who is determined to shatter this family and destroy everything and everyone that Dom loves forever. Do you think, including everything, is that just like his entire car collection or everything? What else? Corona, everywhere, just a brand, all, all at once. At once. He does kind of do it all at once, if you think about it. It's just he does. like comes he crashing does. down. He goes hard. He goes hard. He goes super hard. I, I think we can safely say that Jason Momoa is the best thing about this film. Like bar none, easy. Uh, He's at least the to best me. thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it is kind of lengthy when it comes to like an, an action film, but probably pretty average when it comes to the Fast and Furious films with 142 minutes. Uh, it hasn't been received super well. Uh, 2.6 nope. on Letterboxd, a 5.8 on IMDb, and a 56 on Metacritic. It had a budget. Luckily, it had a budget of $340 million. That's one of the, the, the most expensive movies of all time, man. Uh, My God. And it has only, only grossed $318 million worldwide to the state. But uh, considering it's out of the theatrical market for a bit, uh, this movie definitely wasn't successful and a profit turner uh, at least uh, the theatrical window i'm, I'm sure they'll make the, their money back with all of the the rest of the the sales that they're gonna make after the fact but in the theatrical window i think you need like you know you need to gross like 1.5 billion to actually consider it a, a, an actual yeah. success especially uh, but from yeah. the the money they've made in the past of this series this is a a flop should we call it a flop uh, I wouldn't call it a flop because it's still seven seven hundred eighteen million. It's so much money. Um, but it's it's like it underdelivered in what what the expectations were set with the budget. I think that's sure. just like its biggest issue. It, it's got such yep. a bloated budget. Um, which is kind of the you know that's kind of the theme of the fu as summer. You had maybe the legacy things of you know all of the the COVID repercussions that you had. Uh, that kind of increased the budgets uh, like uh, Mission Impossible had or maybe even uh, Dial of Destiny. And both of those films, I would consider flops when it comes to monetary uh, things here. Um, Mission Impossible, mainly because its release wasn't great, having only a week before Barbenheimer, which was kind of dumb. Like, 
I think releasing it right now or maybe a week or two from now would have been perfect for this film. Um, but it kind of it kind of fucked it on that. Can't shit on front. can't shit on Mission Impossible Man because Tom Cruise tried to get Oppenheimer to move. They were never gonna move. It's just like they should have moved. They should have moved. Tom Cruise uh, saw it coming. Yeah. Uh it, it's a it's a pity. It's a pity. Paramount uh, is it Paramount? I think it's Paramount, right? But yeah, Costco Burr in Fast X. Uh, there's. I think I want to talk about the villain first because it opens with the villain as well. It's uh, a, and links a, to a movie that I didn't realize they were linking to. I think wasn't the fifth one called Fast Five as well. That's kind of a nice callback. This one is called Fast X. Because uh, but that was Fast you know, it's Five. The same it wasn't kind of, Fast V. I love how they also are if it was thinking, both Roman numerals maybe. Well, don't don't think about it too much. Uh, but I think we should give credit to whoever is titling uh, the films over at Universal for the Fast and Furious saga. Uh, I, my personal highlight is still F nine uh, colon uh, oh, yeah, what was it called? Yeah, uh, the Fast Saga or something like that. Uh, <laughs> abomination of a title for a movie. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Right from the start, we get a recontextualized, uh, I guess, uh, Fast Five, uh, where Jason Momoa emerges as the son um, of the Brazilian gangster that they took down in that film, um, who's who's thrown out of his car with... Uh, <laughs> I think it's so funny the way that they re-edit this. And it kind of sets... I think it kind of sets the style of this whole movie, uh, what they do a couple of times, which is kind of... I don't know how you thought it, it it looked, but I thought it was kind of it's just it was funny whenever they they like pull back and you you transition from a real actor obviously in front of a green screen just further away uh to, until like the transition is there so it's a fully fully CGI'd um shot there it's uh, did you do it a couple of times yes they do but yeah what do you think about that introduction to Jason Momoa as as a character uh. It was okay. Uh, they do it quite quickly for me not to really care because uh, mm -hmm. he was kind of boring in the opening, not going to lie. He definitely comes out of his Charlotte more later on in the film. But yeah, yeah I, I, since we've watched all of them, because we watched all of the Fast and Furiouses for a brief period of time when we were yeah. in Switzerland, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> this has to be the quickest title sequence opening ever. Has to um, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, well, we did a thing that it, it never came out because we didn't finish it. It was too much. We watched all of them at the same time. Um, and it, it did take ridiculous. a... It was ridiculous. It did take, it did take a bit until uh, actual credits popped up. And this is... It's really effective in giving us the villain. And I think what I initially liked, because I gave this movie uh, a better rating than I'm giving it now uh when i first watched it it was just because i think it was so aware of its own rid ridiculousness and was just like thriving in that and the more i sit on it the more i think it was just chasing momoa who just didn't give a fuck and the rest of it is kind of it is kind of serious and it parts it is it is trying to be funny and poking fun at itself but because i think a lot of the people who star in this lack any sort of like authentic charisma, you, 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 you're not getting that. You're not getting any funny jokes. You're not getting any funny quips. No one has any chemistry with each other and also broken apart for pretty much the entirety of the film. Um, so it's a really just like a uh, movie that's all over the place and you're just waiting for the next time Jason Momoa shows up and does something ridiculous that even, even he's not tied to any like sort of interesting storyline. It's just like random. He's just there. A lot of the time and then you also got the agency and then whenever there's like some sort of conflict between two parties then they just drop in and then th there's more conflict uh it, it's a very calculated random movie um that's incredibly incoherent um like from early on there's like i think the highlight for me was the rome sequence uh, and I thought like, hey, mm. that looks familiar. Was that the same like uh, stairs that they used in uh, Mission Impossible, uh, the latest one as well, when they like dropped on there in Rome? And I, I think it was. I think it was. Was it also in Rome in Mission Impossible? I, I couldn't remember for sure. I'm you not putting know? the two together, unfortunately. No, I didn't put the two together. 
Uh, it just kind of looked similar. Maybe it's just like different sort of stairs. But uh, yeah, what, what did you think about the the movie overall? Like, uh, was there a highlight? Was it overall a letdown compared to the rest of the franchise? I don't know where to put it, man. Like, it's it's just there. Fast and Furious is just it, it exists for me, but it does not rate in a positive or negative score. It's just mm-hmm. filler. That's all it is. It's the yeah. perfect movie to to put on when you're having a party and you want some background noise. Just put it on. Yeah. Put it on a projector screen. Just put it up there. That's all I can think. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. I can't I can't imagine anyone actually wanting to go see this movie. Yeah. So pretty I don't negative. Know. <laughs> it's <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think it's a bizarre thing because it, it does feel like some weirdly put together Frankenstein's monster thing. When it comes to like just it in in its story, and uh, it, it's fine if it has individual moments that shine, but apart from that first room sequence, uh, there, there's nothing that actually is like worthwhile because it's so intercut with like a variety of different moments. And in Rome, at least for a short while, all of them, all of the the the, the important players are kind of there. Um, mm. And like, there's another thing that's it's 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 so incredibly dumb, and it's just. I got a, I, like the first time I was in, it was just like, I, maybe I had just a moment where I was able to turn my brain completely off. But like some of the dumbest things is like, they find out that the mission in Rome, by the way, spoiler review, but I mean, I think that was kind of obvious. Uh, but uh, they, they find out that the mission in, in Rome is is uh, not set up by the agency, but by like someone else. It was like, they were lured in. And instead of calling them, um, we cut to the mission starting, but also Vin, be, uh, like uh, Dom, being in Rome. So instead of communi- communicating, they got there at the same time that it would have started when they had hours before they would have gotten to Rome to communicate with them. It's like so incredibly stupid that it like it hurt my brain. I was like, well, we, we just don't care about that in this film. And that is, I guess, fine. I got to come to terms with that. That it's just like completely illogical. Um, not just on the sense of, of gravity and all of that. Like I'm, I'm down to uh, suspend my suspension of disbelief or whatever it's called. Uh, but not when it's like something simple as in just like a timeline thing and there's like locations on the world and it just doesn't make sense to characters and how they behave. And yeah. then I don't care about the stakes then, um, especially because this movie is so set on, um, I guess people dying and i was just like okay i guess i think no one died and if anyone died and it, it would have been his, his brother in that like car crash where he sacrificed himself that would have been like i think top five dumbest movie deaths of all time it's so incredibly stupid uh but but yeah okay i think that's my rambling done do you have anything else you want to add like something that that stood out to you um i guess the the thing about this particular fast film is that it drives really hard to make it a team up event. Make it a make it an event yeah. where like, look at all these people. We've got John Cena. We've got Jason Statham. We've got the whole family that's still alive here. It, it makes it a big deal and it links it back to Fast Five in the opening scene. But mm. I feel like the film is relying too much on moments like that where it calls back to say. Look how cool this character is, and it's the same with both uh, Brie Larson's character and uh, Shelley Stone's character as well. Where it's like, yeah. look at this massive universe we've built of family, of 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 yeah. these characters, right? And it goes into mm. the co- like the conversation we had: are movies, you know, uh, IP based or focused, or are they, you know, star focused? And this film is definitely star focused and showing off look at all these cool famous people we've got, right? But yeah. I feel yep, like yeah. it's focusing too hard on that and not at the core of what the story should be, and that's racing. <laughs> and I hate saying it, family. <laughs> there, there's not it, a lot it of, tries to show off too yeah. much. I think there's a bunch of, like, I think all the family stuff was just dumped on Dom as a character, and there's a bunch of, like, really insincere moments where uh, he sort of gives, like, a life lesson. Same with John Cena. Uh, but he has a bit more, like he has a bit more of the ability to to do that 
Although, uh, I don't know. I, I just only saw Peacemaker as a character and him as an actor. I didn't see like that character that whatever it was, the character that he played in one of the last Fast and Furious movies. But like with Vin, there's a, there's a bunch of moments where like there's this adoration for him um, with a bunch of women around. And like they, they just are like it's Brie Larson and uh, I guess his uh, dead ex-wife's sister who, who pops yes. up in this movie. Uh, he he gets to save them, or he gets to be like uh, this to be this like grandiose person. Um, but this movie doesn't give us anything to warrant that. It's all based on what has come before, and to me that that like is kind of on. Uh, it's it's not really interesting because uh, yeah, it's just like things happen to them. Whatever Jason Momoa does with his like crazy remote car or whatever he's like hacking into, but it's um, I think it's also not. I, I like his performance, but it's so unbelievable that uh, he would set up any of the things that he's doing um, just because mm. he just gets to act big, but then is also like a major like planner and, and, and figures everything out and has everything like planned and all the tech is ready. And it's just at no moment I thought that any of this, there was there was like an ounce of anything real in this from the look, from the performances, sure. from the story. Uh, it's this completely fabricated thing, which it, it is fine if it's like a blockbuster that does that, that entertains, but it's it's not entertaining. Um, at least only when Jason Momoa is on screen. And uh, for me, like the best scene is probably like the one where he's like playing with with these like two dead guards that he has propped up, and and it's just like it's just like such a ridiculous scene. Was uh, another thing that I really enjoyed was. Like the kid, uh, Dom's kid and Mia are uh, playing like a racing game. And, and they weren't playing Mario Kart or like, I don't know, not even like a realistic uh, game or, or uh, like Twisted Metal. They were playing Hot Wheels Racing. And I was thinking, who the fuck plays Hot Wheels Racing? I didn't know that it even existed. And you <laughs> know that Hot Wheels of... Racing? Dude, Hot Wheels Racing is shit. <laughs> Goes crazy. Dude. So yeah, there was, there was a bunch of that stuff. I, I think it's like some of it's one of the better fast and furious films in my opinion but they're all like so consistently kind of bad that yeah i don't know i don't know i just don't care about this i don't have a i but, don't have a stake in the franchise oh my god we both about to say yeah. the same thing i don't have a stake yeah. in it i don't have a reason to go and see it each time it comes out in theaters so mm. it for 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 in the nicest way possible in the nicest way possible to uh Mr. Vin Diesel, uh, just end the series, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this it. is also a two-parter, and maybe that's like where we can talk about the the ending uh, on that bridge where uh, this like is flying the coolest and part of the crash. Film. Huh? What do you say? The 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 two trucks coming in, and then like his car, and then like, Dad, I have faith. Man, <laughs> made me cry. Made me shed a tear. It was that emotional. <laughs> And then he goes, he, he pulls out his necklace because like nothing's impossible and drives. Nothing's out. impossible. <laughs> to, like to me, I, I, I like the connection that they make from the kid playing um the racing game Hot Wheels and then the literal burning wheels as they go down that like river dam thing. Um, I just love how this franchise is able to connect itself within a, 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 a movie and uh, it's just a lot of it going on. It's it's great. Now there were, some other highlights were like on on John Cena's car. Um, <laughs> it says road rage, <laughs> but like with a four and without the A in the rage. Uh, I just thought that was an interesting choice for that character. Oh no, the actual funniest moment um, wasn't the dead cards to me, but it was like Vin <laughs> just sternly looking at Jason Momoa and he's in his his purple car and he goes like, "Oh yeah." I know what you're thinking. Yes, the car, uh, the carpet matches the drapes. I was like, Gee. it's just it's so ridiculous, and it so doesn't fit like the tone of what's about to happen. But it's 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 kind of entertaining that like he just it feels like he is getting away with something in in this franchise. And like later on, I think Vin Diesel came out and was like, the why this is not going huge is because of Jason Momoa. People don't people don't like. His, his performance, he kind of tanked the movie. He's the best part. He's, he's for sure the best part. I 
I think I, I really have a strong dislike for Vin Diesel in, in, in these films. It's just, it's just uh, unpleasant to see him do anything. Um, the way that he, he moves his head around, the way that he looks, it's just like all so annoying. Um, <laughs> just, I can't stand it. And like to think that this is going to continue for so much longer. Yeah, it's just, just agonizing. He's becoming, instead of being yellow, and annoying and saying banana he, he's not too far off from being a minion um in this franchise he's, he's already bald he's already like got the aerodynamic shape um uh, anything else you want to you want to add to it do you want to speculate about the sequel what's about to happen with gal gadot being I back mean, from the dead i would say it would be oh man it's so difficult to see where the story is going but i reckon it would involve vin diesel driving a car and then finishing the driving lesson for his son. But his car is sunk wow. in the... Yeah. With <laughs> it, a new car. Right? It's, it starts with him doing... doing uh, Not driving wheelies, lesson. but donuts, right? The kid, yeah. Yeah. No, the kid does uh, wheelies in a car somehow, but that'd be great. <laughs> he does. I, I think it's also Breaks like... The laws of like physics. We've, we've gotten the, the uh, Super Mario Bros. movie um, and like the racing part in the DK Kingdom. Uh, but <laughs> the most consistent thing... That uh, the, the, the closest uh, adaptation to, I guess, uh, Mario Kart Wii we've gotten so far is in Fast and Furious and the amount of wheelies that Vin Diesel does with his, uh, um, I feel like I'm blanking on what, what his car is called, but the black car that's now sunk uh, in that lake. Uh, so he's without a car. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, maybe... I don't know. <laughs> Just remember that one scene where he fights Jason Statham uh, and they both got like a wrench. Uh, the concrete around him is like kind of broken up and he goes, he goes like, oh, the street always wins, stomps down and Jason Statham just falls down. Um, <laughs> there's another moment like this where like the streets and they just pull guns uh, at each other. Uh, this, this franchise, this franchise is crazy. Uh, I, I think like, look, had I not rewatched this, I initially gave this film a three out of five. Uh, just because I was entertained. Um, I've come down on it on a two out of five because uh, I really liked it way less on the rewatch. Uh, what about you, Lachlan? Where do you land? Fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm giving you half a star. Half a star? Oh my God. Damn. So, <laughs> wait, what Fast and Furious franchise was you also give half a star to? I'm curious. Which Fast and Furious franchise? Uh, m movie, sorry, movie. No, this is my, this is gonna be my least favorite, bro. And, oh, okay, okay, okay. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I didn't know. Really? I didn't know if I was gonna give it like a one or a two, but I was like, you know what? I didn't like this film at all. I hated my entire time with it. I'm giving it half a star. Fair. I mean, that's fair. Uh, it's a low rating, but uh, I mean, can't say I fault you for it, and it, that it doesn't deserve it. But uh, I like that Thanks, we had bro. back to back, uh, racing weeks. Uh, this one being slightly less realistic. Boom boom. Yeah. Yeah. Gran Turismo but, was way better. Yeah, compared to <laughs> Fast X com compared to Gran Turismo makes it makes it like I don't know, makes it like Rush or uh like Ford v Ferrari, uh comparatively. Uh but yeah, uh, that's that's it. We'll get another one, we'll get a spin-off with The Rock because he was teased at the end. And he's like there's two very funny things that happen in that post-credit scene. One of them is that he literally crushes the phone crushes it. Why? We don't know. He just crushes Strength. it. And then, and then he gives. I, I saw it now on the rewatch because it did include the 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 uh, subtitle. But he says, uh, "What does he say at the end?" He doesn't say like "you son of a bitch," or I uh, can't remember it. I, I would have to uh, to to pull it up. But he gives like some weird abbreviated thing. Where he clearly said the rhyme, uh, I'm doing it now as well. He clearly said the the line wrong, but he just went with it. It sounds like so off. Uh, so yeah, uh, doesn't look too promising on that front as well. But Lachlan, if you had to pair up uh, a movie with Fast X, what would you choose? Uh, a bottle of bleach. <laughs> oh, sorry, a movie to partner. I thought you said a cocktail uh -huh. to to watch the movie bear, with. Bear. Um. What movie would I pair with Fast 10? But, sorry, Fast X. Well, there's only one other film that I could uh, <laughs> could partner up with Fast X, and that is to do Fast X 
three times. What do I mean? Triple X. So I'm going to partner it up with the Triple X movies. Doesn't matter. You want to watch XXX? You want to watch XXX State of Union? You want to watch Return of Cage, whatever it's called? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen any of them and I don't plan to. Oh, God. You should. It's so fun. I'm sticking with X as well, but I'm going to go with uh, X giving it to you uh, in the very iconic soundtrack of Deadpool. Because Deadpool is also a lot of fun. It's got a lot of funnies in there and you will laugh. And I think Ryan Reynolds is also in the Fast and Furious franchise, right? Or was that Bullet? No, that was Bullet Train. But he was also, no, Ryan Reynolds was also in one of the Fast and Furious films, I think. It's just like, it's just blast. Uh, like really famous people in there. For no reason whatsoever. But that's my double feature pick. Uh, next week, I actually forgot to pull up the release dates. Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everyone who's listened this far. This is a stinker episode. I, I know it is. But it's just because we don't have the thing that we actually want to talk about to talk about. And it's that we had to talk about Fast X. Fucking Fast X. But next week, we'll talk about a great film. My favorite film of the year so far. It's going to be completely... Uh, gear shift uh, of, of the slop that we had to talk about this week and that's Past Lives it releases on VOD on uh, August 22nd and we will be chatting about it extensively uh, next week by the time yeah when this episode comes out you should be able to catch Past Lives even if it's not playing uh, in your region um, but that's pretty much it uh, that's all the things that are worth talking about uh, so thanks so much for tuning in and uh, i guess we'll see you soon <laughs> well can you have anything to to send us off he pulls out his like his like cross Bye. necklace and it's like i don't yeah, think i have anything yeah sorry uh, i just kind of threw that to you without prepping yeah i was like i'm not ready so low energy i, I, I want to buy um, one of those gaming steering wheels so i can play racing games now thanks to yeah. both grand Gran turismo and, and especially and fast, fast x. x yeah all right we'll see you next week all right bye, bye. bye.